we need the anointing of God. The anointing is that divine enablement of the Holy Ghost or the power of God to operate and function in our life. And some of us men need the anointing of God on our life to really be our father. We need the anointing of God in our life. Some of us business people, we need an anointing. You can go through the motion, and I don't want to go through the motion. You should want to be anointed. You're listening to the Anointed Leadership Podcast with Terry Lynn Scott. Subscribe today to start cultivating more leadership anointing in your life. Now here's your host, Terry Lynn Scott. This is the Anointed Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Terry Lynn Scott. I'm grateful that you have chosen to join me today. Uh, if you'll do me a favor, if this content hel- helps you and adds value to your life, would you please leave me a review? Maybe hit the subscribe button uh, and maybe click some stars to kind of rate this podcast. All of those things help. It helps every podcaster and it helps us in our rankings and our ratings as we uh, continue to, to, to distribute content that adds value to people's lives. And last thing, if you would, right before we get into the content today, just share this with somebody that you think may add value to them when you're done listening. Again, I appreciate your time. Uh, whether you're joining me on a podcast, your favorite channel, whether you're on YouTube or you are on uh, Facebook or Instagram, I believe you're in the right place in your time. You are the person that I'm looking to talk to and engage with to help you grow in your leadership. And so thank you for joining me. And let's jump right into the content today. The last episode, we talked about how to rebuild uh, it from reality rather than fantasy. And I've got some points today that, that kind of piggyback off of the first uh, episode of this, uh, this series. And I want to talk a little bit about it. Where are we? I don't want to dive so much into the content or unpackage the whole thing today. But I just want to build a little uh, platform of where we can jump from. Uh, If you haven't listened to episode number two yet, uh, which is part one of this, I would challenge you to go back and do so and then come back and join us on this episode today. But we talked about how to rebuild from reality rather than fantasy. And so many times in life, uh, we've lost things. We've made wrong decisions. We've uh, lost businesses. We've lost relationships. Maybe you're a pastor today and you've lost a church. Uh, Maybe you've lost a child. Maybe you've lost a parent. Maybe you've lost a spouse. We've all lost something in in the journey of life. And we try to intend to rebuild from where we were rather than we are, where we are today. Life will buckle us at the knees. The life will always hand us a lemon, and it's our choice to squeeze it and make lemonade or, or pucker our lips and become bitter because of what's going on. And I want to challenge you today as we continue this talk that when life buckles you at the knees, when you get sucker punched, when you get a jab to the jaw and it hurts and it's not easy, that there is still life in you, which means God's not done with you yet. That's that's a beautiful statement that I believe I have uh, grabbed a hold of. In the midst of a pandemic in 2020, in the midst of having issues with my family, in the midst of of losing uh, my sister at a young age, uh, losing my father to cancer at an older age, the reality is loss happens. We've lost businesses, we've lost uh, relationships, we've lost money, but the thing is, is when we lose it, there is a way to rebuild, and I really believe we have to rebuild from where we are, not what the picture we want it to look like. So many times in a loss, though, we talked about this in episode one uh, or the or part one of this is that we lose identity. So many times people lose their identity 
when they lose a business, when they lose, if a pastor of a church loses a church, or we lose identity if we lose a, lose a child, or we lose things. The reality is our identity is not the thing that's lost. We are still who we were, and we've got to realize who we are. Our identity is not what in what we do. We talked about that in part one. It's not what we do. What we do stems from who we are. The passion, the drive, the, the vision that we have, that I have, that you have, that's, that's coming from who you are, the gift of God that he's placed in each and every one of us to become everything he's asked us to be. But what we do is not who we are. I am Terry Linscott. I am a senior pa- the senior pastor at Abundant Life Church, but that's not who I am. I am Terry Linscott. That's who I am. Senior pastor is what I do today. A lead pastor is what I do, but who I am is a child of God first. I'm a king's kid. I'm a more than a conqueror. This is who I am. I'm an overcomer. This is what the Bible teaches us, that we are this thing, but that thing that lost is not who I am. It's what I do. It's the, it's the ability to take who I am and apply it to an event or a thing, an organization, a job, and see that thing flourish the way God wants it to because I know who I am. I'm not caught up in what I do. In the loss, what happens is we we begin to implode. We begin to uh, become depressed and oppressed because our identity is caught in a thing rather than in Christ, in Jesus, in God. And and I want to challenge you. Keep your identity in God and in the Father. And then what you do, even if you haven't lost it today, even what you do, let the let the 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 joy of who you are flow into what you do, and it'll it'll create greater success in your life. You'll get to enjoy the journey rather than strive in the journey. We also talked about in in the first part is what we do is driven by the passion inside of who we are. So that's the thing for me. I, I I'm passionate about God first of all. Whether I'm a pastor or not, I'm passionate about God. I'm a passionate man about the Word of God. I'm passionate about leadership. And that passion drives me. But that's not who I am. But I've got to have a passion. And that passion, I believe, is put God putting into all people what He wants us to do and to accomplish. And so the passion drives us, not who I am drives us. The passion to, to see that thing come about. Another thing that we talked about in, in part one of this is there's a difference between competence and an attitude. And, a, and if you've been successful wherever you are, as a leader, if you're a pastor of a church that's struggling, a business owner, an entrepreneur, you, have the, you are competent enough to go do that again. If it was successful and you could do that, the problem is, is now we're surrounded by such defeat in our own minds and our own attitudes that we don't even recognize that we are competent enough to do it again or that we actually already did it. And so what we have to do is recognize that we are competent, but we have to adjust our attitude. Talked about it in part one, is that to do a small job as a maintenance man that would take me 10 minutes because of my attitude was wrong. It costed me a whole day just to fix a faucet because of my attitude. It wasn't the fact I didn't have the right tool. It wasn't the fact that I never uh, changed a faucet. It was the simple fact that my attitude affected my entire ability to, to accomplish the thing that I was sent out to do. I've got to have an attitude check. The three part, three points that I, I started out with part one, I want to kind of recap those, is the very first thing you need to do. How do you rebuild from reality? The very first point I talked about is we have to accept that failure has happened and we need to learn from it. 
got to accept it. We got to realize, man, it happened. I'm not a failure. That thing failed, but I'm still here. I still have breath. Now what I need to do is get me a notepad and pen and I need to jot down everything I can to extract from the things that went wrong so that I can learn from them. Also, I need to extract the things that I did right that were successful and remember those things and apply those things where I am today. The second point that we talked about is actively decide to change. That's right. You know, you got to actively decide to change. Change is not an emotion. Change is a decision. It's, it changes is something I have to choose to do it. The, the emotion behind change is because we're either frustrated about where we are, we're unhappy, we're mad, we're sad, or we're joyful, we're excited. So change is a mindset that's motivated by an emotion, but it's not the emotion. It's not the, the, the thing that dry, changes a mindset. We must choose to change and not wait for the motivation. We have to get up in the morning and create some self-disciplines about us to, that generates change. And the third point that we talked about in the first part of this is prioritize the tasks, the tasks that lead to change. Can I tell you the very first priority is your self-discipline. As the leader, you the person that I'm, if you're listening today, remember, you're the person I'm talking to because you are wanting this information. You are looking to grow. Let me tell you, you are a priority. So many times we, we prioritize everybody else, everything else. But the reality until we look at, we are the priority. We have to, the Bible says, to work out your salvation, your own salvation with fear and trembling. The very first person I've got to work on is me. Prioritize the tasks that lead to change. Here's the very first priority. Work on you. Your mindset, your attitude, your passion, your drive. Prioritize that. Then you prioritize this. You know Your employees, the business, the product, the clients. So you have to prioritize the way you want to attack them. But can I tell you? you got to be a priority. If you're unhealthy, if you're not driven by a passion on the inside of you, your business, your leadership, your church, your family will not be successful. You have to take care of you. you. That's pretty good. Amen. I appreciate you joining me. Go back and listen to the whole episode of the first uh, part of that. But today, let's jump into the new content, how to rebuild from reality rather than fantasy. This is part two. And here's what the first thing is. The first thing that I, or the the fourth point, if I could, the first thing for today, the fourth point of this is we have to get a life or business coach. We've got to have somebody that's influential, that's been successful, and that is unapologetically willing to tell us the truth. Look at us in the mirror and help us. Point out all of our problems, all of our shortcomings, and and, uh, be excited about the things that I'm good at, the successful things, uh, capitalize on my we- on my strengths, but also sharpen our weaknesses. I-, I can tell you that a few years ago, I got a life coach in my own life. I, I felt like uh, I was at a place that uh, I couldn't go any further. I felt like my leadership was stunted. I felt like that I was doing everything I knew to do, but I wasn't... Um, gathering the results that I was hoping for, if, I, if that makes sense to you. And I can challenge you this. If I would not have got a life coach, I would not be doing this podcast today. If I did not get a life coach, I wouldn't have done my, the initial thing to this, which was called Thursday's Thoughts with Terry. I would never have done that. 
I would never think that I could help leaders lead. I would never think that I could help business owners reorganize their business to become successful. Why? Because I felt like I was at, at the, the place that I, I couldn't go any further. I had, it was it. And, and the people around me, though they're good, many of them were too afraid to tell me where I was missing it. They were afraid to hurt my feelings. They were afraid to come in and just tell me that you're wrong. You're not as good as you think you are. Uh, and you need to do ABC a, and you need to eliminate XYZ. And, and not that there's anything wrong with it. It's good people. But I needed somebody. I needed to pay somebody to tell me the places in my life that were stunning my growth. You if, as you rebuild, you need somebody in your life like that. I call it a life coach, a business coach, uh, somebody that's unafraid to tell you exactly what's going on. Look at you and with, a, with an unbiased opinion and tell you the things that they see that are hindering your life. Someone that is involved in your life and desires for your success. This is the person that you need to find. And, and it's probably not a buddy. It's not somebody and you don't even have to pay for that. And in, in, in my opinion, you can find some good people that are willing, like myself, to help people just by speaking the truth to them, by not, not degrading, belittling, but really digging down deep into the roots of problems, pulling out that root together with them because they're interested in your success. I challenge you to find that. People that are unafraid to speak with, to you with boldness and great courage, to be sharp a little bit, that cuts. The Bible says iron sharpens iron, so does one man sharpen the countenance of another, that appearance, the things that, that are hindering us that we don't see. Uh, this, this type of person that you need, you need to be able to run, uh, run things by them and solicit their advice. That doesn't mean you have to take it and do it, but soliciting their advice to help you become successful and move forward, I really believe it's, it's a key point to rebuilding from where you are. The reality is, is if you were, if you're not depressed, if you're not uh, unsuccessful, if you don't feel like you're a failure, then you wouldn't need that. The problem is, is we're in a place. Some of us, if you're listening today, and this is what you're looking for, I'm telling you, you are in that place, the same place I was a few years ago. And when I asked for help, I got, I had to get somebody that would coach me. I was a coach for many years of soccer in the area, high school coach and. I thought I was pretty successful. I wasn't the best, but I thought I was successful. And the interesting thing for me is anytime as a coach, I would tell my players something that they did wrong, they would never, they would never book it. You know, the, the better players were the ones that welcomed that. The, the mediocre players always had an attitude. Listen, be the better player. Welcome that advice from a coach, somebody that sees you and it can acknowledge your strengths and celebrate them with you and help sharpen them. But somebody that's, that's unafraid to talk to you about your weaknesses and make you a better you. That's what we're talking about. The, the fifth thing that I want to challenge you, how to rebuild from, from reality rather than fantasy. You know, you have to have a couple things in order, right? You have to accept failure, that it happened, and you need to learn from it. You need to actively decide to change. You need to prioritize tasks. You need to get a life coach. You need somebody in your life that's unafraid to talk to you. And the fifth thing is you need to align yourself with the right people. We're not just talking about a coach because a coach is going to be there. They're on the sidelines. They're cheering you. But you've got to have the right people around you day in and day out. The, the team members on your team have to be the right people. Listen, can I tell you this? Hurting people will never prosper. And hurting people hurt people. They always blame others and, and the things of why it failed. You need to escape 
the people that are constantly badgering and gossiping and beating up everybody else and unwilling to take responsibility for their own actions. You need to align yourself with the right people. The right people that understand that failure is not final. The, the Thomas Edisons of your sphere of influence. You need to align yourself with them. These are people that are not a yes man or yes woman. These aren't people that just say, yes, I think it's a great idea. No, you, you need to have people around you that support you, that are with you, that have felt some of your own pain, but they're, they're also people that are unafraid to tell you no that's dumb idea that's stupid don't go here don't do that as when i took over the church as the senior pastor the lead pastor of abundant life church i told my staff i don't want you to be my yes person when i say something and i present it to this is where we're going the vision's not changing it's the how to tell me when you don't agree tell me things that i don't see i don't need everybody to yes me I'm not mad. I'm not upset. I need that influence in my life. I need people that believe in me. They believe in my passion. And not only that, they're, they're willing to speak up and say, there is a fork in the road up there. There's a roadblock. There's a pothole. Steer clear from that thing. Don't just keep telling me yes. The reason why is I'm not omniscient. I'm not all-knowing, right? Neither are you. And that's why we need people around us that can add value to our life, even in the no. Uh, I'm actually going to talk about that in, in an upcoming podcast is that no is better than yes. And it's an interesting thing that when we, when we unpackage that one moment for as we grow. I, I know Mike Murdoch, maybe you haven't heard, maybe you've heard of him or you haven't, but he made a profound statement that I grabbed a hold of about 15 years ago. And he said this, we are four people away from everything we need. Four people. That means you know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that has what you need relational people in our life, we've got to have networks and we've got to align ourselves with the right people. Sometimes those right people are not even in the business that we're in. They're not in that sphere of influence that we're in. And we've got to find those relationships and we can't abuse them. It's got to be genuine. You need people around you that genuinely care for you and are passionate about your success while you are just as genuine and passionate about their success. We can't abuse people. And when we start to abuse them, then we begin to separate and we lose them. So I want to challenge you, align yourself with the right people, not just yes, the people that are unafraid to say no and get in your business, but they believe in you and they support you. Just because somebody says no doesn't mean they don't believe in you and it doesn't mean they don't support you. The word no, one little letter, two little, one little word, two little letters is one of the most powerful, life-changing words if we accept them in the right times. The sixth thing, I hope you're getting something today. I hope this is challenging you to rebuild and just go put some things into practice. Can I say it this way? You gotta move outside of your comfort zone. If I pause there for just a moment and let that just linger, move outside of your comfort zone. Many of us have a comfort zone. Many of us, uh, we're comfortable right where we are. Maybe the success that you found and you're listening today and you're not trying to rebuild, but you want to grow into that next level, you're comfortable right where you are and you'll only live in that area until you move outside of the comfort zone. Let me talk to you about if we've lost something. If you've lost something, I know I have. And when I've lost things, this is what I realize is that when, when I become an emotional wreck in the loss, 
I implode and my comfort zone gets smaller. The people that I trust, the people that I like, the people that I listen to, the things that I do, the decisions that I make, that box gets a lot smaller because emotionally I have lost that thing. It hurts so bad. You have to realize that everything you want but you don't have is simply outside of that comfort zone. You shrink your box, that comfortable box, you shrink that down into the place where now you're living in a small box but if you will step outside of that, can I tell you that confidence stretches a comfort zone. Courage stretches a comfort zone. And you've got to move outside the comfortable where you are because of a loss, because of an emotional state, and step into the place that you want to be. Can, let me help you with this. And I know you know this. Success, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> It's comfortable to be successful, but it's uncomfortable reaching success. Confidence is always stretched in the uncomfortable. We have to be willing to move outside of the comfort zone and tap into the success again. Let me help you. You've been there before. You know what success is. You know what it feels like. I know you do. And we've got to move outside of the little box that we created. We got to break the walls down, right? And become uncomfortable to become successful once again. Listen, the sixth thing is you got to move outside of your comfort zone. Let me recap before I give you the seventh. Uh, the first one is you got to accept failure and it, that it happened and you got to learn from it. You got to actively decide to change. You got to prioritize the tasks that lead to change and you are the priority. You got to get a life coach or a business coach. That doesn't mean you have to spend money. You got to find somebody that's willing to, to support you and help you and grow you and, and see your success. You got to align yourself with the right people. You've got to move outside of your comfort zone. And the seventh key, seventh step to rebuilding, in my opinion, is this. Take one step at a time. Go do it. The Nike swoosh, just do it. Take one step at a time. You've heard it said this way, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Until you take the first step, you're never even you're not even on the way. You're at the starting block. The gun bang has went off, but you haven't moved. You're still at the starting line, and it's time to take one step. You say, "Well, I I'm not that fast of a runner." No, but it just takes one step. One step is all it takes. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 37, verse 23, a good, a good man's steps are ordered by the Lord. And I believe this, when we take one step, a good man's steps, you have to take a step. Can I tell you what that looks like? It's one decision at a time. A decision that is, it brings discipline. It brings an adjustment to your schedule. A discipline that causes you to become successful. Remember, success is, is defined in daily disciplines, not in an accolade in a trophy on the wall or a plaque. It's the daily disciplines. And it takes one step, get up earlier tomorrow. Eat breakfast if you don't eat breakfast. Drink a coffee if you need some caffeine. Get into your Bible pray. It's a one decision away from the next step. But until you make the first decision, you'll never make another decision. You'll never understand what the next is. Until you make one step, you'll never take a second step. It's not a leap. It's a step. It, he didn't say a good man's leaps. He said a good man's steps, footsteps are ordered by the Lord. It's one decision at a time. I love this word patience in the Bible. And I'm not just talking about the waiting. I'm talking about the word patience in the book of James. And it says, let patience have her perfect work. The word patience is be consistently constant. Consistently do the right things. Consistently do the right things. Don't take a step and say, well, I didn't feel anything or see any change. 
consistently do the right things, and then you'll begin to celebrate the small victories as well as the large ones. I want to challenge you. You've lost something maybe. You're listening today and and you've listened to the last couple of episodes and you you, uh, uh, relate to exactly what I'm talking about. I've lost things. I know you've lost things. And you've listened all the way through this today. And I want to appreciate that. But I want to challenge you. Your best days are ahead of you. You've come through every worst day of your life and you're still here. You still have breath. So God is not done with you yet. I want to challenge you. Extract every lesson you need to extract out of the loss and learn from it. Actively decide to change. Prioritize yourself and the team and the product and and, and your tasks. Prioritize those things. Get you a coach. Get somebody around you. Ask your pastor. Ask an associate pastor. Ask a leader at the church. Man, that's what discipleship's all about in the kingdom of God. Actively ask somebody to help your life. Align yourself. Flush the toilet. Have a bowel movement with some of the worst people around you that are keeping you where you are. And align yourself with the right people. Get outside of your comfort zone. And, and last but not least, just do it. Take one step. I dare you. I, I challenge you to change your habits, change your, your thoughts, take one step at a time, one day at a time, one victory at a time, and watch what God will do. He'll get the anointing on you to accomplish what he's called you to do. That call, that anointing on your life is not lost. Go do it. Watch God use you. Watch success come to you, but you must do something. Hey, I appreciate you taking time and listening today. I appreciate you joining me on this podcast. Again, if this stuff helps you, share it with somebody. Leave me a review. Um, Check me out on Clubhouse. We're going to be doing this on Wednesdays. And I want to talk more about this. And and, and next Wednesday, you're going to find that we're going to have more in-depthness of this one topic. And so join me there if you're on Clubhouse. Hit subscribe on the podcast. Join me on Facebook. Join me on Instagram. Uh, Again, Thanks for listening, and I believe in you. I believe God wants to use you, and and success for you is one step away. Just take a step. Again, I'm Terry Linscott, your host of the Anointed Leadership Podcast. Thank you for joining me, and until next time, I call you blessed. Connect with Terry on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts to help this message reach more people so together we can create anointed leaders all over the world. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, we're believing God with you and for you that whatever you put your hand to will prosper in Jesus' name.